When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be with you. However, if this is the first time that you've ever come to the Fight Night uh, podcast, Please don't let it be the last. Subscribe to us. You can do it via iTunes and you can do it via the TalkSport website. Every single week, live on the radio, we have a plethora of top quality fight sports related guests. I appreciate that you might not be able to come and join us live. Um, but if that is the case, you can always get everything that happens in that show in this podcast. And let's get underway then, shall we? Because on Saturday night, we had the guests coming in thick and fast. We'll start with Hall of Fame promoter Frank Warren. He's been on TalkSport a couple of times this week uh, with Tyson Fury. That's right. And Tyson Fury has been everywhere talking about whether he's retired, whether he's not retired, whether he's giving up his WBC belt. Well, we started the conversation with Frank as to what he has made of the week with the Gypsy King. At the moment, he's he's in a good place. He's enjoying himself. We met last... Uh, we had a uh, when was it lunch? Uh, not this Friday. Friday before, and as you say, we we um we are uh, done. We uh, did the interview on uh, on Monday on Queensbury YouTube channel, and uh, you know he said what he wanted to do. You know he said that he was interested in fighting, but he's retired. But he's interested in fighting, so we'll just see what happens. And uh, over the next, you know, we're gonna. I'm, I'm quite sure something will 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 happen fairly soon. I'm quite confident of that. But, but, on, sorry, I, I was, well, I was just going to say, you know, you know, we, we were laughing about half a belly. We heard from Tyson in the in the first section of the show, Frank, and you know, um, you know, I think maybe cleverly from our perspective and media guys that he's saying, you know, it's going to take half a billion uh, to get me back five hundred million. But the, the truth is, um, ah. I, you know, for a man like Tyson, and you know yourself, and and, and as you've said, you, you and Bob Arum have both said you're not going to put any pressure at all on Tyson to come back if he really doesn't want to. And at the moment, he doesn't want to. But if Anthony Joshua does beat Alexander Rusik, he's going to have that warrior challenge in him again, and it's going to be a massive event. You, you, he, he said to me, by the way, that he was delighted for you that um, the Wembley Stadium event on April the 23rd was such a massive event and so successful that you'd sold it without a dance partner, as he as he, to quote him, um, because he's a man for the big occasion and it's difficult not to see him coming back if that Joshua fight's there. Well, you know, you're saying Joshua. I mean, Joshua's, you know, and you did say if he wins. But if even if he was going to, if he does decide that he wants to fight on, Usyk is a massive fight. Yeah. 
I think Usyk is, is, you know, it's not quite as big as Joshua, but if Usyk does a does a job on Joshua, it's not like the British public don't know who he is. I mean, he, he, they see him beating Joshua. Um, they all know what he is. He's got great pedigree. He's like Tyson. He's undefeated. So, um, you know, that would be a big fight if, if it, you know, if it if Tyson felt he wanted to carry on. But he's so young, that's the point. I mean, I know he's staying busy with his with his speaking tours. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be with him on a couple of occasions on those, and they are fantastic evenings where um, my barometer says that 50% of the people there want to hear his mental health story. Um, and it does keep him busy. And he, as he told me in the interview, Frank, he's got a third book in the offing at the moment, uh, chance of a record deal. He was with Ed Sheeran the other day talking about being on tour. He said he might sing with Adele. Um, he is very busy, isn't he? Outside boxing as well. Well, he is. He's got, you know, there, there is, you know, there is a, he, he does have that life. And as you say, he's got another, another book coming out. That's coming out fairly soon. Um, but you know, for me, if he's, if he's going to retire, then he should stay retired. Mm. I'd prefer him not to come back like some guys do, you know, after two, three, four, five years out, out mm. of the ring, he's at his peak. Now he may not even be at his peak. He's still, the peak may still be there to come, but in five years time, that won't be the case or four years time. So if he's going to, if he's still got it in him and he wants to fight, Now's the time to do it. If not, then you know, then then call it a day and and go, you know, and go and enjoy what he's doing, all these other things, and enjoy his family. Yeah, uh, Frank. Before we move on from from Tyson, I'm sure you've seen this over the last 24 hours with with the Irish press re- reporting that he's been denied access to America. First, first and foremost, um, have you seen that story? And is there any truth to it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's what I read is that he he went. Correct me if I'm wrong. He went to an airport and uh, was refused to get on. I mean, far as I understand, he didn't go to any airport yesterday, and he was at, he was in Liverpool mm-hmm. for his cousin fight. Um, that's it. I haven't spoken to him today, so uh, I, you know, I, 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 that's news to me. Okay. Um- You've announced a fight this week for Joe Joyce against Christian Hammer, uh, July 2nd. We're excited to be covering that here on, on TalkSport. First and foremost, um, what happened with the fight with, with Josie Parker? Obviously, we were working towards that, but that's not materialised next up. What's happened? Well, you need him. You need to ask him that question. You got him on later. Yes. Um, we, as you know, at Tyson's last fight, him and him and uh, Joe got together. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, we announced that we announced it that, that it was to be done, and uh, you know, Joe, uh, to and we agreed terms. I shook hands with Joe in front of Tyson, and then we got the solicitors to work out and get the, the contracts, which took a long while, but eventually they got them done. And then I heard the day before uh, it was announced that he'd signed a deal with Sky. Um, I heard about that. And I just sent him a text, which I'm looking reading now on the 9th of June at um, 12.56. And I said to him, just been told the fight is off so much for your handshake. Hmm. And then he was in New Zealand. And then I got a text back uh, at 21.33 saying, morning, Frank, because obviously it's morning in New Zealand. Apologies, it took a while to get the deal done, but was offered a better deal last minute. Oh, okay. Um, so, but but now he's fighting but, Lucas Brown and we're very underwhelmed know. by cares? that. Exactly, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Why wouldn't you fight a guy who's 
ranked number one to get that position. Lucas mm. Brown and him. I mean, what interest, what possible interest that is to British boxing fans? None, none. And, 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 and you know, if it, and, and, let me, and let me just finish. Yeah. And, you know, even if he was offered a better deal, having agreed terms, mm. you know, somebody said to me, right, you know, you, you know, we've agreed, you know, I'm, I'm paying you a hundred quid. And I'd say, look, somebody's offered me 110 quid. Do you want to better it? At least do that. Nothing mm. at all. He never wanted that fight. He never fancied it. And that's, that's the bottom line. But you know what? Uh, <laughs> Joe Joyce, Joe Joyce is the guy who's the, who's the manager in rank number one, yeah. not, not Parker. So we had, and remember, when we made this fight, and they sodded us around for a while, it was originally going to take place next week. But if you recall what he said, or what they said about three weeks ago or four weeks ago, that they didn't, that, that he couldn't fight because Andy Lee, his trainer's wife, was having a baby. Yeah. Mm. Which is the first mm. time I've heard of a fight being postponed because the trainer's wife's having a baby. <laughs> Understand if it's the fighter's wife. So it was never there. It was never going to happen. Mm. And it was just it was just a lot of nonsense. And I'm very disappointed in Joe because, um, you know, he got well looked after. He was the standby opponent, by the way, for Tyson when we was all when everybody was concerned whether um that whether um Dillian was gonna turn uh, Dillian up was right, gonna yeah. pull out. And and he got paid he got paid a, a a big a large amount of money. So he's not behaved honorably at all. Not honorably at all, you know. Handshake means nothing, word means nothing, and you know, they they just messed us all around. Mm. And it's just and it's a shame for Joe because Joe was coming back from that broken wrist, but he'll fight anyway. We managed to get a fight on with him because I've got to keep him busy. And, and he did have that bad injury. You know, breaking your wrist is not good. Wrist is not good for a boxer. But he's got hammer in there. He's a tough guy who just went the distance with the WBO number three, uh, Frank Sanchez, who's a good fighter. He's yeah. very good. Very Listen, talented. Not a big heavyweight, but he's very talented. I was going to say, yeah. to, turn, to turn it around on the, on the short notice that you've turned it around, I think that's a, a <coughs> solid opponent for, for Joe on July Definitely. 2nd. And as, yeah. as I said, looking forward, yeah. looking forward to that. Whilst we're talking Parkers, um, can I talk Zach Parker? Because I do mm -hmm. feel for this boy. Absolutely. Um, I we're yeah. looking forward to his fight with uh, Dimitri Tondrad. Obviously, that fell off. And then in the aftermath of it, I hear that the WBO allowed the Caleb Plant to be the mandatory challenger for Canelo's belt, which then knocked back mandatory call-ins for another, what, 12 to 18 months. So Zach Parker's kind of out in a little bit of limbo. So what's the situation there, Frank? Well, it's bad. So, well, I don't, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, Andrade, we can't, you know, the, the, the Andrade's going to, is may not even come up a weight now, may stay at the own, stay down where he's at. I okay. don't know. And we're trying to get, he's not come back to us or anything. So there's no, been no talk about rescheduling it. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And Zach, uh, we're looking and uh, I'm hoping we're going to have something over the line for him. Uh, what, you know, whilst we've been waiting for this, I mean, obviously we've got a contract with Andrade and mm. we've been waiting to see what's going on, but it looks like that's all going to fall away. So Zach will, will fight sometime in September and we're looking at, we're looking at a couple of fights for him and, uh, and uh, we'll see where we go. I mean, there's been a, you know, a couple of things we've been looking at, which I think are quite interesting. So mm. if that Andrade fight is dead in the water, then we'll, we'll, we, we will announce something fairly soon for him. Gutted for him, gutted. Can um, I, can I he's a good fight. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah, been sold a lot of tickets. Yeah. 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 A lot of people are excited. Yeah, we, were, really we, were, we were very excited by that yeah, fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, yeah. very. Yeah. 
Frank, can I ask you about Daniel Dubois last weekend as well? Um, yeah. He did what he needed to do. Trevor Bryan wasn't at his level, if I'm honest. Um, but Daniel was very composed. He dealt with the you know, madness of Don King as well. Well, he also the dealt with the, the madness well of water done. coming down beside the ring, the lift not working in the hotel. Declan, um, I think it was Declan Taylor, has very good in boxing news this week, about the whole week. A very odd promotion in lots of ways. But your, your guy got the job done, and he sits in the waiting room now, doesn't he, for... for I, and you know, I say that with respect. What I mean is he's sitting in the rating room ready for those big title fights now. Well, look, you know, we we had to get him there. We worked very hard. We've got Joe in at number one. At yeah. We've been working strategically with our heavyweights, with Joe and with uh, Daniel. And obviously Tyson's there at the top of the tree because they're the next next guys who will be coming through for to, to, as mandatory challenges for these titles. And... Uh, the the WBA had have had uh, in Bryant. He was their WBA champion. They have a super champion, and a super champion is a guy who unifies the champion under their uh, championship under their rules. So that that is the position for us. It is very important that Daniel uh, was to fight for that title, and mm. we got him into the position to do it. He won it as a fight. I always felt he could win. Mm. Um, I don't know what happened with. You know, with Don King, we offered to put that fight on with him after he won the purse bids. He bid three and a half million dollars for yeah. it. We offered to, you know, to put it on over here and go half half with him, split it in half, and take the risk. I think over here would have done maybe fifteen thousand tickets for that. You know, building mm, a show yeah, around it, but um, it wasn't the B, and he he put it on, and it was like a surreal situation in this high low casino in in. Um, Miami, and uh, it was what it was. I mean, look, the rain and the water coming through, they, they had terrible They're storms. terrible storms and hurricanes, you know, plane, they did, but it was still get, peculiar plane, things plane. him get through, like the lift not working them and them getting uh, stuck in... I mean, the, the, the lift don't work. I mean, they're not fighting in a lift, are they? They're fighting in a ring. What's the risk? <laughs> Maybe they'd have had a better fight in a lift, by the way. They are fit guys. They can walk up and <laughs> But the fact of the matter is... That is that's the least of least of anyone's problems, and I hear all that stuff. And uh, you know, box you know, the boxing. You know, I know Declan, and I respect Declan works for boxing news. I know they put a, a rider on it. Don't be fooled. This is not for a world title. I mean, maybe in their eyes it isn't, uh-huh. um, but you know, it is what it, it <clears> is what it is. And that, and Don King paid for that money for a world title. Yeah. You don't get paid that type of money for if it's not for some something, and more importantly, which they don't get and they don't understand, because in some ways they don't, they, they, you know, they they have this fixed view of what boxing's about, which is not in the real world. This was about him getting that position. This yeah. is about strategically where he should be in this business and where he is now. He's in a good place, yeah. uh, but they wouldn't understand that because they don't understand the ins and outs and how boxing works. Mm-hmm. Two more from me, just quickly. Obviously, one of your charges, Anthony Yard, is in New York this evening. He's keeping his eye on that light heavyweight unification uh, yeah. tonight. Um, we're led to believe that um, it's easier if Baturbiev wins to make the fight with Anthony Yard back here in the UK October time. Um, is it as easy to make it if Joe Smith Jr. comes through uh, tonight and Anthony Yard gets his shot at all three of those world titles come well, October? If- uh, there's various scenarios. I mean, first of all, is whoever wins got to defend their WBO portion of yeah. that title against him because he's the mandatory challenger. He's ranked number one. He beat the number one in Lyndon Arthur mm-hmm. when they got uh, when they fought. So under under their under the under the WBO rules rules, 
and championship uh, championships that, that he is the number one. So they have to the winner has to defend against him. I've been talking obviously to Bob about it. Bob Aaron for top rank and uh, Burby Savage. You quite rightly said has already agreed if he wins the fight here in October, and if uh, if it's the other way round. Joe Smith will have to f- defend, or if we can't agree terms, we'll go to purse business. If we can't, whatever happens, the winner, will, if he wins, or the winner will have to defend against against uh, Anthony, which is great for Anthony, and yeah. we would do our best to put it on the UK because um, that's where we want to get it. We want to get our man home advantage, and, and as we always try to do for our fighters. So, it, whatever happens, he's in a good place, Anthony. That's why he's out there, and uh, and, and they've all taken to him. He's, he's done some good interviews there, yeah. and uh, and obviously they know who he is now. Listen, and he's, he's an exciting fighter. He is. He is. He is. And he's he, he, he proves he proved that he's ever learning as well in the Lyndon Arthur fight too. It's, either one of those is a fantastic fight for uh, the yeah. unification in that division. Finally, uh, we saw this week that uh, Virgil Ortiz and Michael Mickinson are going to be fighting, but the WBC called Ortiz versus Av- versus Avanesian. I never saw that it went to purse bids or anything like that. So what's the situation with that? With obviously you're working with David. Well, what's happened with David is that we were we were obviously we, we were looking at it. There was an offer made and uh we 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 we, we made a decision uh, or he they, his team made a decision um that uh we should maybe go to purse bids. I spoke to the WBC, I said, look, let him have a let let um uh, Ortiz have another fight, and in the meantime, David will, will David will look at his position, and uh, we make a we make a decision as to what will happen with him for the autumn, and that's where we're at at the moment. So um, mm. that that's what will go forward. But David Avenistian will maintain his position in the in the rankings, and uh, he will he will get his shot at the title. Okay, there you go. Great stuff, thank you, Frank. Thank you so Absolutely much for brilliant. going through all that for us on the, on a Saturday evening. We'll let you get back to your night, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks for George Oyster, Sir Christian Hammer. Looking forward to that in London. I'm looking forward to it too. Now, as you heard in there, Frank Warren went in on Joseph Parker. He thought that he was getting a fight made with Joe Joyce. Well, we decided to get Joseph Parker on the show so he could have his right to respond. We first of all, though, started the conversation by talking about his new promotional deal with Boxer. combination he then follows up with a right uppercut and so Chisora takes the count for the second time in the fight the WBO Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion Lupe Soleil Lauli Ale Maleatoa Joseph Parker uh, obviously they have a bigger platform we have a relationship with working with them in the past and they've been very good to work with and they gave us the offer which we thought was a lot better than what we we're getting from the other side um so listen i'm very excited to be signing with boxer and and you know sky and i'd like to thank adam and you know david higgins and you know ben for for making it happen when uh, have you discussed dates are we, are we when are we going to see you out yeah, we're, we're looking at the end of September, early October. We still want to get the fight with Joyce. Listen, I know they said because I signed up a different platform, we can't make it happen. But listen, just when egos come into play, Frank Warren doesn't have an ego. I'm sure he can let you know Joe Joyce come into the Sky platform and fight me. There's one number one and number two fight each other. So why not? 
why not make it happen? See, listen, I like that chat. Now, earlier on, we had Frank Warren on this show, sir. I want you to listen to this because we put that question towards him. Obviously, we were anticipating yourself and Joe Joyce to fight next. I asked him the question, and this was his response to that. As you know, at Tyson's last fight, him and him and uh, Joe got together, and uh, you know, we announced that we announced it that, that it was to be done, and uh, you know, Joe. Uh, to when we agreed terms, I shook hands with Joe in front of Tyson, and then we got the solicitors to work out and get the, the contracts, which took a long while, but eventually they got them done. And then I heard the day before uh, it was announced that he'd signed a deal with Sky, I heard about that, and I just sent him a text, which I'm look reading now on the 9th of June. 12.56, and I said to him, just been told the fight is off, so much for your handshake. And then he was in New Zealand, and then I got a text back at 21.33 saying, morning, Frank, because obviously it's morning in New Zealand. Apologies, it took a while to get the deal done, but it was offered a better deal last minute. What'd you make of that, Joe? Yeah, I was offered a better deal. But listen, he, he listen, Frank, he said whatever he wants to say. He kept changing the deal. The contract kept changing, and that's why it took so long to lock in. We were so close to locking in, but every time he came back, it was different. There was something always different in it. And then, um, you know, I said to him that I could make the fight happen. He shook my hand at one deal, and all of a sudden went back and changed the deal. So, listen, we can go back and forth and say this and say that, but why don't we just make the fight happen? Just just because he's on BBC Sports and I'm on Sky doesn't mean we, can make, we can't make it happen. It's all egos, I think. I, I, listen, I agree with that. It is one of the, it is one of the things that bugs me the most about people that are affiliated with certain promoters or certain channels. I think there should be a lot more cross pollination. Let's just say it would, it would lead to a, health, a healthier sport. Uh, I think it'll be a great fight. I think it's the fight that we need to make. We've already announced it, anyways. Um, you know, it's number one and number two fighting for the mandatory. So why not make it happen? Our team, I think, Tom and, and Adam, are in talks with Frank at the moment to try and make it happen. So. Hopefully we can lock something in soon. So do you do you have an opponent in the interim then in September? No one. I just want to fight either Joe Joyce and, and see if Dylan White's available or anyone in the top five. I don't want you know I want to be progressing and getting better as a fighter instead of taking light fights or easy fights. It's a difficult time, Joe, in a way, um, for a lot of boxers. We were talking about Daniel Dubois earlier, who's in the waiting room for the WBA now. Um, you know, obviously, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk have has got to play out. What's your, what's your kind of ambition? Presumably, is to get one of the world titles back, if not all of them. Yeah, listen, that'll be that's the goal for further down the track. But all I want to be doing now is being involved in the biggest fights I can be involved in, and giving it everything I have, and and winning and winning well. And that's the only way to get closer to fighting for a title. So what I'm focused on now is what's going to be in front of me, and hopefully, I can lock in a big fight soon. Well, there's Deontay Wilder out there. There's there's Andy Ruiz. Um, I say there's Joe Joyce. There's Dillian White. As you say, there's Luis Ortiz. There's Otto Valin. Um, obviously, Michael Hunter and Huey Fury. You've already fought Huey, of course. You defended your WBO title against him. Um, you know, it's it's you're going to be around for a long time, aren't you? You're not going to go anywhere anywhere soon. You're not going away anywhere soon, is what I mean. Not, not going anywhere soon, but Gareth, I know you've mentioned all those names. Oh, listen, I'm keen to fight any of those guys. I don't care who it is. Mm. Um, are you? 
We're going to be based back here. I know that you're obviously in New Zealand at the moment, Joe. Um, we've loved, obviously, you uh, fighting here in the UK. Are you planning on coming back, obviously, working with Andy Lee and, and working over this side of the pond? Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at basing myself up in the UK for the next, I don't know, four or five years, um, depending on how long I box for and just start giving it everything I have. I know the UK is, is the place to be because it's very hot there at the moment with boxing and there's a lot of fights that can be made up there. And I've been very... Our team have been well received, and we appreciate all the love and support. So, and Tyson, Tyson looked after you know, myself and Camp and mm. Andy Lee. So, it's uh, it's the place to be right now. Do Do you find that you you get more recognition now in the UK than you do at home in New Zealand? I yeah, I, at the moment I do. Just uh, a lot. Of, there's a lot of support, a lot of support in the UK, and it's it's quite crazy supporting someone else from a different country. But it's they just seem to. You know, be very, uh, very open to us being there. Um, I believe that uh, congratulations as well is also uh, in in order. more children. Well, you know what I mean. More children, he's, Joseph. He's, he's been hanging around with Tyson, right? He's at it. <laughs> he's at it. So therefore, obviously, Joe's got to keep up. Keep up. They're, they're building uh, soccer teams, aren't they? They're building uh, rugby teams. That's what they're doing, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Parker and Mr. Fury. Congratulations, anyway, Joe, to you uh, and uh, and your family. Thank you, Adam. We've got four girls, four beautiful girls now. Well, it's great for me to be home and spend time with my kids. But once I leave to come back to the UK, I'll be gone from there for a while and mm. be there to run the work and focus on training. And, and just, you know, there's nothing, nothing to train for here because there's no fight locked in here. But if we can lock it in soon, fingers crossed, rejoice, then I'd love to get along. It's funny, you know, because earlier on in the show, Joseph, we were talking about, um, you know, the age of Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua in a couple of years' time may not be around anymore. Um, Joe Joyce himself, I think, is 35. And we forget you're only 30. Um, so you, you've probably got five good years left in you. And that, for me, at the stage you're at in your career, potentially that's another 10 fights in the division. Yeah, I think there's another four or five solid years to give it back. And now that I'm with Andy Lee and, and sort of just training around with Tyson, and I feel like there's a, I have a lot more to give. Uh, but I, you know what? I am 30, one of the youngest, but I feel like I've been in the game for ages. Yeah, well, well, you, you're a champion, you're a champion. You're exactly. And obviously, you know, I, I loved coming to see you in Vegas with Kevin Barry, who you were with for almost your entire career. What are the different things that Andy Lee, who we all love and respect, he's a brilliant commentator, a brilliant analyst on the sport. What are the things that he's brought to you in detail that you can give us that's enabled you to change your mindset, your physicality, your technical skills? Yeah, it's all of that. It's like, um, you know, changing the, the program, the training program that I had instead of smashing my body too much. It's actually just doing the right training at the right time and the right effort. And then also just uh, to change the style. You know, I used to lean a lot in front of, and, and sort of go over my front foot and, you know, lunge in with punches and that. But he's able to get me a lot more balanced um, in my style. So I think with Andy, I think the more work I do with him, the better I'm going to get. And that's what excites me. Mm. Um, just on your good friend Tyson Fury, he's not retired, is he? Come on, give, 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 you you two must have a little WhatsApp group going, mate. And you're thinking he's got he's got everybody in the world going. He's not retired. He's he's, he's definitely going to do the big undisputed fight if it's presented to him. I've said that to him the other day. I said, "Come on, Tyson, you're not retired, mate." <laughs> and he, no joke, I am. I seriously, yeah. I said, "Come on, you're not." I said, "Okay, then we'll see. We'll see." Then he hasn't said anything to us. Did you? Um, Gareth, Gareth did... will know. Gareth. You're, you're one of Tyson's close friends. You, you should know. 
Well, I spoke to him on Thursday. We've had him on the show tonight. And he's saying... He's calling it... Um, half a billy. Ha- half a billy, he yeah. calls it Some now. big money, that. Half a billion <laughs> pounds to get him back, or dollars to get him back. I mean, surely, surely, if Anthony Joshua beats Alexander Usyk, and I'd like to get your take on that fight tonight, Tyson Fury can't but come back against him. It's, you know, you've been over here. You know what the stakes are. It's a massive British fight. How do you see Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk in the rematch? Oh, it just depends what kind of AJ turns up. I, I mean, he's got a new team, he's got a new, um, you know, new coaches and all that. So it just depends on what he does in training camp and what he, you know, Alexander's a very tricky fighter, like we all know. And if he can come out there and use the size in his reach to his advantage and put it on him, I think he can, you know, get the job done. Gareth, Gareth, just you've just caught Gareth's eye on the screen, right? What, you, what are you pointing at now? Are I'm you, pointing at his beard. He's, like his beard the lo- beard? he's got the long biker beard going on. He's got the <laughs> he's got the he's got the warrior beard coming. It's good, man. Looking sharp. Uh, listen, no, while I'm in New Zealand, I thought I'd grow the beard out, but when I get back to the UK, I'm going to be all clean and you know, nice and uh, sharp. Back back to um, Piggy Blinders. Um, the, <laughs> tell us about um, in lockdown. You delighted us and entertained us with all your videos. Well, have yeah, we, we got any more plans? Well, he's back. Up? He's back home now, and that's where his team are. So no, that, exactly. I, I was so, going to say know, is that is the creative juices flowing. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we plan something? Us three. Why don't we plan something oh, for everyone? Mate, let's get that. I on. think a big rock. Uh, can you see well, us? Can you see I, us I don't tonight? Can, Joseph, I, don't think can, I don't think he can see. If he could see you, he would definitely have made comments on what you're wearing, mate. Yeah, you, you look nice and nice, no sleeves. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I've got the guns out, that's all. I'm just, it's been really hot here all week. And I, I've, I, oh, I've I, even though it rained today, I just thought, no, I'm not getting changed. I'm coming in with the guns out. It's very, it's very I don't know if you can see him, you, well, you obviously can. It's very Cobra Kai. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the vibe he's giving off. Maybe we could do something there, mate. A little bit karate kid, something like that, Joseph. Ask people what they want to see, and then give us some some ideas. We'll we'll do one soon. There you go. There you go. Um, get get on social media. Suggest the next creative uh, masterpiece from Josie Parker, and we will play a bit bit part role in there. We could we you could you could do a bit of Cobra Kai there. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I I definitely do some hot rock and roll with you, Joseph. There you There's go. no question about there you that. Go. Uh, listen, mate, enjoy, enjoy your time uh, with the family whilst, uh, whilst you're down there. Looking forward to more uh, creativity, but more importantly, looking forward to seeing you uh, back in the UK fighting sometime soon. And obviously with this new deal, uh, a lot more fans will get the opportunity to see you on the platform that is uh, Sky Sports. Thanks for your time, Joseph. Go, go well, mate. Cheers. Good night, brother. Lost, it, lost him. Lost him. Lost him. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Go. Top man. There you New go. Zealand time. The, the, Joseph Parker there uh, joining us. It's, listen, it's, it's it's interesting because I want the 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 Joe Joyce fight, and he's right in what he's saying. Uh, broadcast deals, promotional deals, they should not hold back from being able to make the best fights. That is a fantastic fight. Number one and number two with the WBO. Look, he's only lost to to two. Really good fighters in the heavyweight division. And, and you know, the biggest one, obviously, is Anthony Joshua. He lost his WBO title that night. The referee, Quartezone, got completely in the way of those two guys Agreed. fighting. He ruined the fight. He, he wasn't the third man in the ring. He was the main man in the ring. Yeah, Anthony, um, Anthony Joshua is another fight that, that Joseph Parker could have again. They didn't really... They only engaged about four times. It was a really weird, cagey fight. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, I do. Um, Joseph has a lot to offer. I think under Andy Lee, he may find another gear.
And I think that's the key with him. Can Andy Lee get another gear out of Joseph Parker? He's very comfortable in the square circle, in the office, but I just want to see more from him. I just want to see more attacking intent. Um, he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world. He, a lot of people underrate Joseph Parker, in my view. He's never going to fight Tyson Fury. A fight with Alexander Usyk is fascinating. Joe Joyce is fascinating. Again, we keep mentioning all these heavyweights. Let's see them all fight each other. There you go. Watch this space. Fingers crossed they can put their promotional and broadcasting differences to one side and get that fight on because it's something that we all want to see. Um, Now, one fight that Frank did make last week that was an absolute firecracker was the British title fight in the Super Bantamweight division uh, between Mark Leach and Liam Davies. Liam Davies came out and he is the new British champion. He joined us on the show to tell us what it means to him. It's a goal that I set out many years ago and talked about over the years um, coming through all my career. That was the main goal. And thank God it's paid off. I got here. Nothing was going to stop me that night. I said in the interviews, there's going to need more than one man in that ring to stop me. And I was just so focused. I trained so hard and everything come into place. And what better way to do it off such a, a good champion in Mark Leach. So... Mm. I done it the proper way. I ain't won a vacant belt, and um, yeah, it's very satisfying. But now I've done it, I just want more. The 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 lovely thing about it is Liam is is the um, the family story here as well, which will resonate with a lot of people listening. You know that your your the, your late grandfather. Um, uh, Brian Davis, who got you into the sport as a as a young kid, and you lost him, I think, just over a decade ago. And the fact you'd visited the grave, his grave, before the fight, and you're going to take the Lonsdale belt to to his grave, and just talk to us a little bit about that, what that means in terms of creating a fam- family legacy, and and maybe you know maybe it's a kind of deeply spiritual thing as well as a physical thing. Yeah, it's it's. Something that I've um, wanted to do for a very long time. I won the English title and took it there. And when the fight got announced, I actually went to see my granddad. And, you know, like you say, spiritual, you go there and you have a word with yourself and look for advice, what they'd say to you. And I promised myself and him when I was there that I wouldn't come back until the 12th of June and it would be with a belt. Did, you, did, yeah. did, did he tell you to keep your punches long, straight, and and your feet under you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> he he'd, He's a man of few words, but I think, being honest with myself, he'd be very happy. And as a young lad, he used to tell a lot of people I'd win a British title, and it's a dream into reality now. Well, what's it with... <sighs> Obviously, this is going to resonate with a lot of people that are, that are listening to us. As, as Gareth said, you, you, your grandfather sadly passed ju- just over a decade ago now, and you've you've held that promise for ten years. Mm. What what's what's that been like for you to hold that promise for a period of time, and then obviously to get the relief of being able to go back to his memorial site this this week with that belt and have your own private moment with him? Yeah, it was it was 
very satisfying because many years ago, I always told myself that I could do it, but could and will are uh, two different things. Mm. So I, I've been through the hard bit and the heartache along the way and probably have spent many a times wondering if it would ever happen. And like I said, I've made it happen, which is, I think I'll look back in many years to come and be more happy about it as the achievement because yeah. I still believe at the minute I've got a long way to go and you got to push for more, aren't you? Because yeah. that's what life's about. Well, that is, mate, it is. That is what it's all about. We're going to talk about what's next in a minute, but obviously we're speaking about your grandfather here, but your dad's obviously a major part of this as well. He's a, he's in there, mm. uh, well, I say in there with you. He's just on the outside of it slightly, uh, but giving you the instruction. That must be an incredibly satisfying part of this as well, to, to go on this journey with your dad too. Yeah, because people don't understand, and if I open up a bit about it, um, it was tough after we lost my granddad. My granddad was always in my corner, and I spent a lot of time with him. So I spent many years after struggling to keep going with the boxing. And if it wasn't for my dad and the love and support he showed me, maybe I wouldn't be sat here today with uh, the British title belt sat in front of me. Mm. So, yeah, I've got to thank my dad. And like I say, I love him. He's he's played a massive part. And I'm glad he's on the journey with me just outside the ring. But we live, we're on this ride together. And your father, Tristan, um, when you had both of them uh, with you, did, did Tristan, your dad, take over from Brian in lots of ways and take up the, or pick up the torch, if you like? Because you, you have struggled to stay with it, as you said, that, that, that there was a time when you lost your grandfather. And I mean, obviously, you were a teenager then. I think you're 26 now, aren't you? You've been a teenager that maybe you'd like you say you it's weird isn't it when you lose those guiding lights in your life someone that's inspiring you that someone's because their voice is there they resonate with you and um you know you, you almost gave up the sport i think at one point so maybe dad did draw you back into it yeah a lot changed after my granddad passed away and there were big shoes to fill like my dad had big shoes to fill in the amateur gym that he was running and keeping us keeping me on track and my younger brother's box too and it was probably a hard time for my dad because he had it all on him he had to step step up and take over the gym and he had to put up with me instead of my granddad putting up with me so <laughs> it was tough and um it's paid off so it's been a long hard journey We've uh, had one foot in, one foot out sometimes, but we've uh, we've kept it together. We've kept strong, and the main thing is we've done it together. Yeah, mm, mate. What I liked about um, Paul's fight last week as well, um, obviously in the build-up to this, there's loads of other British super bantamweights who will get chirpy on social media. I mean, we've seen you uh, have, a, have a back and forth in the past with people like Andrew Cairn and what have you, and, and listen, that's a great fight. I'm, in, I'm into it all day long. But what I liked about you in particular is that you immediately shot upwards straight away. Right, I'm British champion now. Jason Cunningham, he's got the European. He's fighting. It's just the timing of this is brilliant because he's fighting, is it next week or two weeks' time against Zelani Tete? Yeah. I mean, this is just fantastic for, for to make that call out. Is that the next step, ideally, in your mind? Come on, while the momentum's going, while I'm on fire, let's get after the European as well. 100%. And he was there at the weigh-in before the fight. I... I looked him in his eyes and said to him, 
I'll win this tomorrow night and I'm on your tail. I'm coming for <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. That's Brilliant. nothing nothing disrespectful because no. he's just he's the man with the belt, isn't he? So exactly. he's the man I want. And I believe I'm ahead of all these other guys, Dennis McCann, Andrew Kane. I, I've won the British title and I've surpassed these now. So I believe Frank should stick with me and push me on, get behind me. So hopefully we can make that fight happen and he wins his fight with Tete or Tete wins. I'll have the winner. Well, let, me up. well, that fight, it's live on TalkSport in two weeks, right? Are you going to be there? Are you going are you, are you to be at the venue, to, uh, 2nd of July? I'm going to make sure I go, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have him on, then. We'll, we'll, sure we'll, we'll, we'll have, have you on, on right? Yeah, and yeah. you can have the platform, mate. That, yeah. Like you said, this is your moment yeah. now, British yeah. champion. If you're pushing toward that European thing, make sure you're there that night and we'll definitely... Uh, help that narrative along because it's a fantastic fight. Mm. Jason comes mm. through against Zelani Tetti, and that's not easy because Zelani's a hell of a blooming fighter. But if he He's comes about through 60, that, though. but if he comes through that, you and Jason Cunningham for the European title would be brilliant absolutely fight. sensational. Brilliant man. fight. Yeah, and I'll have the British and European put the Commonwealth on the line. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, watch out. Commonwealth. I want the Commonwealth with it. He's got the Commonwealth, so <laughs> let make it put that one on the line too. Mate, listen, what a performance. It was a great fight. And that's a, it's a great advertisement for the Lonsdale belt that last week. Like you said, you, you paid a, a, a good piece of respect there to Mark Leach. What, good champion, good fight. Obviously, you had him down in that first round and he came back into it, but you held your own. It was just a fantastic, fantastic advertisement for British boxing. Congratulations, mate. Great, great performance. Mm. Onwards and upwards. And fingers crossed we can get that European fight next. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks' time. Then I'll be there. At the weekend just gone, in New York City, we saw a unification in the light heavyweight division between Arta Baturbiev and Joe Smith Jr. The winner gets Anthony Yard, who was ringside, and before the fight, we decided to catch up with him to get his take on the fight itself and the prospect of fighting one of these two monsters. Repeat, or would it be revenge? It has turned out to be revenge. To be fair, um, it's just a cool and rangy fighter. One of the highest knockout ratios. I think it's a um, 100% knockout ratio. Um, so that's, that says a lot for itself. And um, Joseph Jr., from what I've seen, um, he keeps getting better. You know, he's become world champion. And he's taking on all challenges. So I feel like it will, it will be a good fight. They both said that they're, they're, they're looking to enjoy um, a good fight. So when two fighters say that, it just looks like they're coming to entertain the fans. So it should be exciting. Well, well, that's the style that you adopt as well, mate. That entertainment, explosive style. So how do you think you match up against either one of these guys? Exactly. I think on my night, if, if I've got a good game plan, my, my, my mind's clear, um, and I go in there knowing exactly what I'm going to do, I feel like I'll beat anybody. Um, even with my living experience and things like that, it's just my mindset. Um, I don't feel like any boxer goes into the ring. Um, any, you know, Boxer that's climbing the ranks and wanting to win and wanting to become world champion goes with a mindset saying they're going to lose. Um, I feel like the ones that do think that, they always come up short. So, um, regardless of what anyone says, I've always had that belief in myself and I feel like that's where I've progressed to where I have. So, it will be the same mindset going into that fight and win. When that does come around, and the rumour is October, we'll get to it, like I said, in a moment. That'll be obviously your second attempt at uh, a world title. What did you learn 
from the first efforts? I know that the first efforts is a bit crazy because you had to go out to Russia to take on Kovlev. Um, so what were the learns from that and what do you take from that fight into this second world title event, uh, uh, effort which will come later in the year? What I've learned from it would be to approach approach the fight knowing my wife from the beginning. Um, with that fight, it's like I was so desperate, you know, to, to be a world champion. I was just thinking anything I was giving to me. You know, after the way I didn't have no clean water, um, I was like, so my, my bags got taken when I, yeah. got, to, <laughs> when, when I got to Russia, so I, I couldn't train for the first day. Um, I tried to have a bath, so hot water wasn't working. Like, there's so much things that happen, which obviously there's tricks and, tricks and things that they do. Um, I feel like that's what I've learned from going into the fight. And then once the fight actually starts, I was seconds away, I was probably one punch away from beating Cobbers. And um, I'll take that confidence. I've always taken that confidence into any kind of business. If Artur Baturbiev is successful in this fight with Joe Smith Jr., it does make it slightly easier with the promoter that he's with, the promoter that you're with. And we're being... Yeah. Uh, we're being informed that October, around October 22nd, would be would be the timing back here in the UK for that world title shot. Is that right? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I've, I haven't been given any um, any confirmation. As of yet. I heard the date of October as well. Yeah. Uh, and that we, we would want it here, just for like the fun purposes and things like that. But um, for me, it's just like once it's confirmed. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna take the fight, you know, as a fan. Listen, man, make sure you're wearing a shirt, yeah, because I keep I keep an eye on your Instagram. I've seen that you've been out and about in Jamaica, giving it the old uh, pectoral dance and all that type of stuff. Don't be distracting anybody on the TV, yeah. <laughs> I'm planning to go there with absolutely no top on. <laughs> I've already planned but, that. Out already. Listen, Anthony, if I look like you, mate, I would constantly walk without my top off. Definitely, no doubt about that. <laughs> listen, on on the division as a whole. Um, recently, we've seen Bivol versus Canelo. What did you make of that performance? Yeah, the, the Bivol versus Canelo fight, I think that was, you know, I think it turned out how I thought it was going to turn out. Mm. Um, the thing with Canelo is, you know, he's got that, the one-punch knockout power. He's very experienced, he's skillful, but Sarah always does play a part. That's what I thought was going to happen, to be honest. And, um, you know, Bivol pulled it off. I've always said that Bivol's fundamentally very, very, very good. Yeah. You know, so the basics very well. And um, for me, it's a fact. What did you make of um, the Bawatsi Richards fight? I thought that was a very entertaining fight as well, to be honest. Um, I know both guys. I was happy that both boys could, you know, headline a show in the old two. And then they put on a good fight for the fans, which is excellent. How do, you, how do you think Josh matches up with Dimitri Bivol, mate? Because that's the rumour, isn't it, that he'll go down that route and you obviously go down this route? To be honest, I actually don't know. Josh is like, he's on a, he's on a roll right now, so you never know what could happen in that fight. I'll give it, I'll give it a chance. Olympic gold medalist Lauren Price made her professional debut last weekend, came through six rounds unscathed and is looking to be pushing on towards those world titles. We caught up with her on Saturday night to get her take on what it's like now being a pro. That's off to Valgadir, Gibson Donnier, who's last in the distance with Lauren Price. Price wins easily. Every second of every round. With Olympian medalists, and I think with amateurs that have achieved as much as Lauren, there's a huge investment that goes into them. I think for the Olympians, yeah, it comes down to where the Olympians want to fight, what platform do they want to be on, what's going to be best for their careers. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davies uh, alongside me. 
Uh, time for a moment of reflection. Looking back at a fantastic uh, debut in the professional ranks uh, last week. Unsurprising, let's be straight, uh, because of the accolades that this young lady has uh, already collected, uh, both in the amateur game, in other martial arts, in other sports. She is a sensation. Tip for big things, it is, of course, the one and only Miss Lauren Price, and she's very kind to give up a bit of time on her Saturday evening to come and join us. Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, just chilling out. Um, yeah, I'm really good. Well, last week, um, the pro- professional debut is now in the bank, and I've no doubt, even though you've got Olympic medals around your neck, you've got world titles in the world of kickboxing, obviously you used to be a pro footballer as well, e- even though you've been there, done it, and got the T-shirt, I'm sure there must have been some slight nerves, a little bit of apprehension. What was the reality like of the professional debut con- compared to the expectancy of it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I had nerves. Uh, there would have been something wrong if I didn't. And I think obviously it was my obviously the first obviously pro debut. I didn't really know what to expect, even in like fight week and stuff like that. With obviously the press conference, that's all new to me. Um, public weigh-in, and yeah, even fight night. Obviously getting ready, getting your hands wrapped, the cameras coming in and out the changing room. So yeah, it was obviously all all new. And but I thought I dealt with the um, pressure and dealt with it pretty good, and uh, I enjoyed myself. Um, I was probably. More nervous for the ring walk, but once I got to the top of the ramp, uh, I was just loving life. And um, yeah, I enjoyed my debut. I just wanted, you know, to just go out there and show my skills. And to be fair, she was she was a tough, tough opponent. Yeah. I didn't want anyone, you know, oh, I was just going to go in there and blow out in one round. Um, I wanted someone who had a decent record. I think she had won fives, lost two, something like that. So yeah, she was a pretty tough girl. Well, and, well uh, yeah, I just wanted to show my skills. Well, all, all, always on that. I mean, Gareth have this conversation all the time about uh, elite Olympians like yourself, elite amateurs. I don't want, with all due respect, taxi drivers or door girls or, or whatever <laughs> for, for your first for your first fight. There's no point because you've been around the world. You've done it. You've got the t-shirt. Let's have a proper test early doors. Let's get those tests in as as quick as we possibly can. Um, because we want, and I know this is maybe getting ahead of ourselves, to be in the conversation fighting for titles within single figures of professional fights and I'm sure that that's where your head's at as well yeah 100% obviously um, I'm just going to take little step ups each time but obviously being a female as well they do move a lot quicker than than the men and uh, obviously with my amateur pedigree as well so yeah I just wanted you know I spoke with Rob Rob McCracken he's um, obviously a great guy and my trust is in with him and yeah we just decided obviously to, to go for that opponent and yeah, it was, it was a great outcome in the end and I enjoyed myself 100%. But yeah, you're, you're 100% on I There's no point in going in there and just, you know, boxing someone who's, oh, I'm just going to blow out. What, one of the things, Lauren, is you could have, obviously you won the Olympic gold at middleweight. Um, I don't know whether that was, you didn't even have to make weight for that. Obviously you're fighting at welterweight now as a pro, um, 147 pounds. Um, you know, it's significantly lighter. Is is that tactically um, because of the likes of Jessica McCaskill holding all the belts at the mm. moment, or you want fights with people like opportunities, Breakers, opportunities yeah. and you know that that. It, I mean, I was getting excited about you facing Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields and, you know, moving between different weights. I mean, is that something, apart from moving up the levels, 
may you move up the weights as well and look at what Tasha Jonas has done from light middle all the way to what is it feather or super feather so um, are you going to be able you probably can't get down super feather I say that with full respect by the way Lauren I don't want to get a dig in the I don't want to get in the dig in the ribs the next time I see you but you know are, are you are you flexible about what weight divisions you can fight in Oh uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And obviously, making welterweight, I made it pretty comfortable. To be fair, I mm. actually weighed in um, light. I think it was one four five. I actually weighed in mm. at, but um, yeah, no, that was like fully hydration, everything. And yeah, as an amateur, obviously, I give a lot of weight weight away. But that was because going back a few years ago, there was only three weights for mm. for women, and I was never going to make the sixty kilo category. So I had no other option than to box at seventy five. Mm. Um, obviously I went around, picked up experience and then obviously before I knew it, I was ranked at that weight. Um, I was winning world medals at that weight and yeah, I just, I just stayed at that weight. My style suited that, you know, with, with the three threes, um, being, using my fast stands, my speed and my footwork. But, uh, yeah, obviously then coming into the pro ranks, I'm going to be boxing over longer rounds and it only just, it, it just makes sense for me to come down to my natural weight, um, in uh, starting off. You know, uh, you got you talk about obviously Jess McCaskill, and obviously yeah, she's the one with all the belts. Um, but could you beat her now? Gonna, could you beat her now I, in your head? If they threw you in in fight uh, two or three. Well, yeah, but realistically, um, it's all new to me. I need to adapt. Just obviously being in there on on the weekend, um, I didn't really take no punches, but just like simple things of head clashes and stuff like that. Being the first time without no way, no head guard. Mm, um mm. It, it was just little adaptations like that and obviously uh just get getting used you know to the smaller gloves and more experience and yeah 100 percent um and yeah who knows obviously like you you talk about i obviously that's that's the dream to become a multi-weight world champion you know and undisputed the lot i want to follow in the footsteps of the likes of obviously katie taylor um she's she's a massive thing for women's boxing and i believe obviously i i, I can I can be the same um but yeah I'm, I'm not gonna you know rush and, and sit and call anyone out and say I won this fight within like three fights five fights or whatever I literally every time I box I just want little step ups each time um and and just keep on adding things adding new things to my game um uh, working with Rob in the gym you know every week about throwing a lot more combinations being a bit more busier than obviously when I box as an amateur because I had no option to be in and out on my feet because the girls were about six foot <laughs> but um, now I'm fighting at my natural weight. Obviously, I can stay there a little bit more. And I thought I showed that on the weekend as well with obviously my head movement, rolling out a couple of times. And I'm only going to get better and better each fight. So, um, yeah, 100%. And just, you know, taking little step ups each time. On on weight and this journey that you're on, I'm suppo- I suppose it does make it an awful lot easier uh, with your partner, Kerry Sartenstall, as well, on this journey as well. I've spoken to many fighters down the years where maybe... Uh, the partner's getting on with normal life, the kids are getting on with normal life, and they're obviously going through camp, they've got to think about diet and all this type of stuff. You two can obviously inspire each other, look after each other uh, during the journey. I'm sure it's a, a thoroughly enjoyable one at the moment with uh, Carissa as well out, I think in, uh, is it 10 days in that time now? Two weeks' time? Uh, out in Coventry? Yeah, uh, seven days' time, yeah, she boxes next weekend. But yeah, 100%. Uh, she's obviously my best friend, my partner, and yeah, we've been on some journey so far but obviously to have her um in camp with me each week and training beside me it, it is kind of special you know to have that home comfort boxing is a lonely sport and we just help one another obviously she, mm. she's a better runner than me so she pushes me along <laughs> on the runs 
and I'm a bit stronger than her in the gym. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, in SNC and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we sparred each other. We done a couple of rounds actually leading up to my to my fight. Hope that's and, not uh, at home, by the way. Yes. That's only in the professionally. In the, no. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, in the ring this time. In lockdown, uh, we had no choice. We were in the living room. But, yeah, uh, yeah, fighting over the controls, yeah. <laughs> TV control. Yeah. <laughs> well, on but that... no, she's um, exceptional. And I think, obviously, the pro style is going to suit her 100% yeah. for her weight as well. She can dig a little bit. So she's definitely... She's she's exciting and um, people are going to want to watch her. And I honestly think she's going to go all the way. Uh, Adam mentioned there your um, uh, in the first question about your your other careers, if you like, in football and other mixed uh, other martial arts. We're seeing more women from boxing trialing uh, mar- mixed martial arts. Um, Amanda Serrano, Holly Holm, um, Clarissa, notably Clarissa recently. Mm. Um, you must have had a look, and I'm not trying to throw it too forward, but, you know, if you delve into yourself and you're looking at that, Lauren, is, is that a possibility down the line as well? I mean, Clarissa's saying she's going to try and become a, a two-sport world champion at the same time. Obviously, you've got a background uh, in another art with your feet and, and you know about different movement. Have you ever done any groundwork, um, wrestling? Obviously, you were over the TV uh, remote control over this lockdown, but um, do, you, do you envisage that? Is that something that may tempt you at some point? Um, who knows? Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I have done a little bit. Obviously, kickboxing back in the day, a kickboxer, a club called Devil's Martial Arts, and I've done a bit of... Um, ground and pound as well but at the minute I'm just starting off obviously on my boxing career I've got a great contract you know with Boxer and Sky Sports so at the minute I just plan on you know focusing on that and and you know winning world titles in boxing and yeah who knows further on down the line like you said um, different doors and different opportunities Mm. you know come along but for now yeah I'm just gonna uh, concentrate uh, on the boxing. Superb. Well, thank you very much for giving up a bit of time on a Saturday evening to come and talk to us. Thank uh, you very much. Congratulations yeah, on uh, last week, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing you out again. Are you already talking about dates when we when we when we next out? Yeah, so I'm hoping to get on um, the uh, Savannah and Clarissa undercard. I think brilliant. It's the right answer. Well yeah, done. exactly. And so, can you reveal the date and the place? I think it's London, September the tenth, isn't it? <laughs> I I don't know the place, but I think yeah, maybe September the tenth. I yeah. think that's what they're looking at. Super. So, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I'd brilliant. love to get on that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You will have seen recently a fantastic display from Neuer in Nui in the Super Bantamweight division as he destroyed his old adversary, Nanita Dene. He is now the unified Super Bantamweight champion. Only one belt eludes him, and that belt is held by British fighter Paul Butler. The baby-faced assassin himself, Paul Butler, joined Gareth on the show this week to discuss the prospect of making that super fight. I think in the way he's seen everything, everything out there before, do you know what I mean? I think he's faced every type of opponent they could possibly face. But, yeah, a lot of people don't really know that I'm a left-handed orthodox. I've always liked the left up to the body, a left up to the head. Um, and I think that favours me quite a lot, when, especially when I'm boxing an orthodox fighter. A lot of people don't really expect it. I do everything left-handed. I'll write left-handed. I'll play golf left-handed. I just went into the gym age 10 and I stayed orthodox. You just naturally stand that way? Yeah, I just felt a little bit more comfortable going that way. And, um, yeah, it just stuck. Every time I do something wrong, me, me amateur coach, Peter, who does, who does me a corner with me now as well, he hands up to Joe. He always used to say, if you can't get it right, I'll just turn you back the other way. Yeah, and I yeah. like no, no. I'll practice. I'll practice. <laughs> and I used to make sure you, you used to get it right. There's lots of noise, obviously, around you and Noya Nui fighting this year. You'll have watched the 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 fight on Tuesday with Nonito Donet. Nonito, don't know how he's kept it going. Thirty nine years old. Father time seems to have caught him a couple of times before. What did you make of the fight, and how realistic? Because there's always a lot of noise out there online and you know journalists writing about it and what did you make of the fight and and how realistic is it to get that unification that undisputed fight by the end of the year he has three of the belts you've got the wbo is it our talks ongoing is it in the makings well first of all i thought he, he was very good i thought he was destructive i think he um he nailed nanito at the end of the first and the finisher that he is he jumped all over him going into the second round he didn't he didn't give him a second chance he might have had thoughts in the back of his head about about the first fight. He thought, I'll just get rid of him now because I think he did, well, most of the round, the first round, he, he respected Donair quite a lot. Um, he was moving his feet. He was just jabbing. He was just jabbing. I think Donair pushes him back, pushes him back and, and maybe got a little bit greedy in the first round and got caught with that backhand. And then yeah. from then, it's, it's one-way traffic. I'm not sure where talks are or if talks are deep or, or anything like that, I haven't really spoke about it, but it's a fight I want. My team know I want it. So that's down to my team to go out there and, and get that fight for me of where it could happen. It could happen anywhere. Do you know what I mean? He wants all four belts. Why can't it happen in Liverpool? Do you know what I mean? It could happen in Liverpool. It could happen in London. It could happen... We could go to Japan. I don't mind going to Japan, but why can't he come here as well? 
if he, if he wants to unify, yeah, be undisputed that bad, surely he can come to England. How do you see the fight? Do you know what? I've never really looked at him as an opponent. I've always looked at him as a fan. I even watched the other day as a fan. Yeah. Um, I was nervous watching it, hoping he'd win because I knew <laughs> potentially we could we could get it on. But I've never actually sat down and watched him to try and find weaknesses. Obviously, we all know there's there's hardly any weaknesses there. But listen, nothing's impossible nowadays. We've all seen it before. Everyone wrote Jack Catterall against Josh Taylor, yeah. uh, and, and look what happened. I know, I know, Josh Taylor got the decision, but look, look what happened. Um, so anything can happen in boxing, and it's a fight that I'd go into, and I'd be confident of winning as well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go in there thinking, right, this is my last fight. Um, let's just take the money and let's go. I, I train. I've trained since I was a ten-year-old boy, um, and I've walked into every single fight believing I can win. All right, I've been beating a few, but well, a couple against very good opposition, but the Rodriguez fight, I had four weeks notice. I failed weight. It's not like me to fail weight, especially if I've got a six, ten, ten week camp. Um, with Rodriguez, I failed weight. Zolani Tattoo was too good for me on the night. But like I say, it'll be it'll be a fight that I definitely go into with a game plan and a fight I I, I believe I'll, I'll win. The other thing, Paul, is that and, and and this is really worth remembering. You're 33 now. You've been at world level. You know, people, the, the Stuart Hall fights, was that nine years ago? You're very... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a decade against mm. top-level fighters. It's not like, here's a Brit who's got an opportunity against a guy called the Monster who's rated in the pound for pound yeah, yeah. You've been there, seen it, done it, fallen, climbed again. Do, do you know what I mean? You've, you've, you've seen everything, really, haven't you? So it's not like this is a stretch for you. It's part of your legacy now, isn't it? It's part of your legacy to have these fights, you know? 100%. Like, since since the Rodriguez fight, I've done everything the hard way. I've gone back to the small law shows. No one really wants to know me. No one wants to put me on their shows. Um, I couldn't get no work off Eddie, even though we'd done, like, a five-fight deal. So I went back to the small law shows. I worked my way straight back up. I then had a fight. Um, I was meant to box with Beko. I ended up boxing Garcia, who, who was a late standing, but a very good fighter. Beat him, become mandatory challenger for Casamayor. Uh, everyone knew what happened there. And yeah. then we went out there, we, we beat Sultan in, in, in great fashion. I believe at the age of 33, it was, it was my best career performance. And um, everyone thinks age, oh, oh, he's 33, he's over the hill, he's on the slide. But I've just proven that age is just a number. Um, I, I smash all my records in the gym. If we're on the track, I'll beat them. If we're swimming, I'll beat them. Each camp I'm constantly getting better. And I've always said, the day I believe I'm not good enough to challenge for them titles is the day I walk away. And at the moment, I believe I'm getting better and better. Well, there is that thing that if if people listening or watching aren't aware of it, there's always a thematically lighter weight boxers are peaking in their late 20s and generally shouldn't by defying physicality, go on beyond 35 at the, the very top level. Because it's such a stretch on the body, isn't it? You know, the fights at your weight are, are fought so fast. The skill sets are very high. There's not so many knockouts. It's a very enduring sport, a very kind of taxing sport at the level you're at, at the weight you're at. So people don't go on to 40. They don't go on to late 30s generally. Yeah. Do they? So you probably have got two two of your best years left, probably. Probably, yeah. 
But, uh, but you'd, you'd like to go on for longer and defy the odds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most, most definitely. But when COVID came round, I was I was 31. And I was thinking, how long is this going to last for? And it ended up lasting nearly two years. Yeah. All right, I got one in in between that. But you're sitting there and you're thinking, could this be the end of me? Wonder how long is this going to last? Mm. But I stayed in the gym, I plugged away, and I got the rewards. And I'm sad saying I was a world champion and, and possibly in the best form of my life as well. Final thing. I'm looking back on articles we've done together uh, in the Telegraph, going back a few years. I mm. think six, seven years ago, it might have been before that. I think you were about 26 anyway. You were still playing football on a Saturday. I think. Are you yeah. still playing football, or has that fallen by the wayside now? You know what? I've stopped, and I've stopped for one reason and one reason only. I was playing Saturday and Sunday. I'd go in the gym and I'd be sparring on a Monday, and my legs would be knackered. And Joe would go, <laughs> "What's up with you?" And I'd say, my legs are shot a bit. And he'd say, why? I'd say, oh, I played football Saturday, Sunday. No wonder your legs are shot a bit. I've been playing on a muddy field. Dead heavy legs on a Monday. So I stopped for that reason because it was affecting me. It was affecting me in the gym. I wouldn't recover properly till the Wednesday. So I stopped. And now manage a football team on a Saturday. Yeah, we're called Sutton Athletic. We're in the West Cheshire 2 division. We've just been promoted. We won the league last year. So... We're the league and the club, so we're a good side and we're, we're, um, we're on the up. To finish the show, let's have a little bit of a dip into the world of mixed martial arts. This week coming, Brendan Lochnane is back in action. The PFL, the destination. The prize, $1 million. Can he win the whole tournament and become a world champion? Well, Gareth caught up with him in Manchester this week. One thing about the Manx, mate, we stick together. Me, Tyson, Anthony Crawler, Stephen Alson. I mean, you know, we're all one um, Rashford, Lingard, just real Manx. And I think with the with the support of all these kind of people that everyone knows, everyone will get together towards the semis. There's Boston Salmon's first on the list. Very dangerous opponent. Definitely not overlooking him. Trained hard. Off. I cannot give one more ounce of sweat and tears to this to this training camp, mate. I really can't. Not took him lightly. I've got to get past him first before we get to London. And once we do, it's game on. Do, do you all, does it also help you that people want you now to get the recognition that you've deserved for a very long time? You've been in and out of the UFC and tough. And, you know, you've had a great time with the PFL for four years nearly now, isn't it? And you're starting to get the recognition that you truly deserve. And I mean starting to get it. And you know, it, it, it must be rewarding in some ways. Not that you do it for the recognition, but it just must be a reward in another compartment of yourself. Gareth, this is my 35th MMA fight. You know, I've been on the scene forever. Someone tagged me in something yesterday that if them decisions should have went my way, which a lot of them should have, you'd be looking at a 25-1 and one professional Mancunian MMA champion. And just because a few of them didn't go my way, you know, I don't get that recognition. But now I think people are actually looking down the record and going, hang on a minute, we've got a superstar on our hands here. And you have. And I know that last time I went in with a few issues that we know about, and now I'm 100% healthy, Brendan, and I can't wait. I know you well enough to know. Of course, you're a prize fighter now. You're a very mature fighter. You're in your early 30s. You need to be rewarded and paid. You have dreams and aspirations. I visited you in your, in your 25th floor apartment in the centre of Manchester. Um, you spoke to me about the life you want to do. You're not done by a long way yet. You have great ambition in you. 
how transformative would it be for your life to get that million dollar check? I think it's more the belt, mate. Honestly, yeah. like, obviously it's both, but I think, wow, that piece of gold there that I've strived towards for a 14, 15 year journey, mate. Like, imagine what it's going to feel like when they wrap it around your waist. It's, it's a totally different feeling. Money comes and goes. It could be a millionaire tomorrow and lose it the next day, but you can't take a belt away, can you? You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't know. We'll see on the night, but yeah, it's definitely uh, something that I've dreamt about a few times, if you should say. What would it mean to you to be able to project to lots of other young men and women, maybe teenagers from your area, who you look at Ricky and you say, I, I can do what Ricky did. Do you like the fact that maybe youngsters now looking at you and will hear about you and will be projected, will be, will see the projection of your life and will say, I can do that now. I can do that. I can change my life. I'm going to do that as well. Because when I spoke to Ben Walker, who found you and took you to a gym, he said he's still finding youngsters who's coming, who are going to come through, who he wants you to lead, who you'll inspire. Maurice Core actually put it a very cool way. He said, the Champs Camp was a beacon of light when there was not a lot of hope. And when he said that, I'd never heard him say that before. And I thought, wow, that, that hit home a bit. Like it was, it was up on the top floor and the light would always be on. And that, that symbolises, that is the light of the area. That is the way out. If you like, you know, if you can play football, if you can fight, if you can dance, they're usually the only ways out, mate. So for me, if I can go back now with this belt, and you know what, I can do it without the belt, but the belt just symbolises a lot more, really. You know, it gives a bit of a clarity as to what I've done and a bit more conviction behind it. But I mean, I'm already doing it now, but that will be the icing on the cake and especially to do it all on Channel 4 where the whole world can watch it unfold. That's the main bit, you know, people can actually see it with their own eyes instead of envisioning it, they can see it, you know, every Friday, every couple of weeks you watch Brendan on Channel 4 having a fight. Like, of course I can do that. I know that kid, he lives down the road. You know what it feels like? It's a bit weird because it's like I need this belt to solidify my career, but really I don't. I've done so much already going back to the first Mancunian to ever fight in the UFC, going back to, you know, going on the Ultimate Fighter at 20 years old, um, going back to fighting at Madison Square Garden, the first man to do that in the Mixed Martial Arts competition, going back to headlining the Manchester Arena for boxing and for Mixed Martial Arts. I've done loads, mate, but I just feel like this is right there now. And I just feel like this is the one thing that everyone will turn around and go, hang on a minute, but he did this. So for me, that's how important it is, mate. And trust me, I'll find a very special place for that belt. Don't you worry about that. So uh, I have to ask you, so you saying that um, Michael Bisping is not a Mancunian then who fought in the UFC, even though they called him from Manchester. Yeah, I'll give it, Mike. Because all right, Mike, you can have the title because I don't want him uh, ringing me up, as you know, Gareth. He could be a bit touchy about things like this. When he was a guest of ours a couple of weeks ago, we we kind of explained to people listening that maybe aren't up on the PFL what it is. I absolutely love this format. Like I said, I was watching it last night. The lightweights. I think it's absolutely. Fantastic for fans because it's so easy to understand. It's very football-esque, if I may, because you get a win, you get three points. You get a win with a knockout, you get six points. And therefore, at the end of your series of games or fights in this instance, you will then be uh, ranked in a table in a leaderboard and the top four then go through to a knockout stage i.e. the playoffs in the championship, for example. And uh, I think it's so easy to understand. Obviously, at the end of that, if you do win the playoffs, uh, you get yourself a nice check for uh, 
a million quid or a million dollars uh, and obviously a nice, uh, beautiful belt, sexy trophy, as uh, Kayla Harrison has experienced on a couple of occasions in, in, in the PFL. And Brendan has that opportunity. He had an opportunity last year and he just fell short. He came up against the uh, tournament favourite in the semi-final and just fell short there after a couple of fantastic performances throughout the course of the run. Uh, and this time round, um, when I speak to Brendan and when I'm listening to you speak to him a moment or two ago, you kind of get this feeling that he, he knows that this is the moment now. He, he seems at peace with that and he's he's obviously there's nobody more dedicated than him he travels around the world for his training camps and what have you um, but he, he seems to have a, had a real realisation that this is his moment in time and to be fair to him he made a real brave decision earlier this year because he was offered contracts with the UFC and people will class that as the glamour in the in mixed martial arts but he turned it down because of the opportunities that lies uh, in front of him with the PFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, what a great story that he pays his mum's mortgage off with with his first paycheck from the PFL, you know, and, and having met Agnes, his mum, very strong, strong woman. Um, I could see where he gets it from. That, that um, you know, that, that he's, he's on the cusp. I, it really reminds me, as you say, it's a massive opportunity, but it really reminds me right now he totally believes and he needs that explosive moment with the british public this reminds me of december or november 2008 when carl froch fought jean pascal there's a big audience for it on itv he won the wbc um uh super middleweight title that night in fact it was tyson fury's debut that night mm. as, as a professional fighter um and carl put his arms in the air and said i'm a superstar now and Brendan's ready to be a superstar. He's got yeah. all the personality, the maturity. He's got all the fighting skills. He's definitely from the right place and hungry. I've been there now. I've seen it. You know when you go sometimes, Ad, and you see someone in their environment and you see the people they've been around? Um, he just needs that explosive moment. And I was looking at Carl's record. And afterwards, after that um, uh, John Pascal fight, he had 13 or 12 world title fights. Mm -hmm. But weirdly, it wasn't until he fought George Groves in that controversial yeah. fight in Manchester, and then they fought at Wembley, 80,000 people, um, as we always have to repeat. Cole's got it out there as a mantra, that, that he crossed over massively into the mainstream, and all the people that we love and respect as w in what we do in MMA just need that moment with the British public for me. They, and then mm -hmm. I think he's capable of that. He's so likeable, handsome, articulate, um, gritty. He's really similar to Ricky Hatton in his way as well. Mm -hmm. And as I say, when they got together, it, you know, as he talks about there, there's just a chemistry between them because they, they got an understanding. Manx get on and the Manx fans get on. And I think, you know, if he can harness the, the support of the football clubs or the or the music industry from Manchester, you know how people like Noel Gallagher and Wayne Rooney and all these guys supported Ricky's career. He's friends with Tyson Fury. Yeah. He's friends with Anthony Crawler. Yeah, he's yeah. friends with, with all these guys who are in and around that kind of Lancashire. Got a lot of um, um, football friends as well. Yeah, a lot of football Jesse friends. Lingard's exactly. his mate. And people all like these guys. So, and they really respect him. There you have it. Told you it was action-packed. If that is your bag and you like all that type of conversation, make sure you subscribe to us and then you'll never miss out on any of our Fight Night content. This week, we are coming to you live from Coventry, bringing you some uh, exclusive fights courtesy of Boxer. And the week after, 
We are back with the Queensbury guys, July the 2nd, as Joe Joyce takes on Christian Hammer. And as we mentioned a little earlier on in the show, Jason Cunningham will be taking on Zelani Tetti. Those fights will be live on TalkSport. Lots to get excited about, so I'll catch you next time. 